0: You are listening to sermon audio from Fort Myers Community Church. For more information about how to get involved in the life of this church family, please visit www.fmcc.life My name is Ron McManus,
1: uh, my wife Thelma, and my daughter with us this morning visiting from Indiana. Uh, we're here for the winter months and adding more months on both ends of that winter as time goes on. But uh, we're glad to be with you, and the uh, pastor asked me to lead the, uh, read the uh, message for this morning, the verses for the, for the message uh, beginning in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. This is in the ESV version if you're using your app. Uh, this is written by Paul uh, while he was in prison around 60 AD. to the praise of his glory. If you'll keep your eyes uh, focused up forward here, we'll continue with the video of which will introduce the book of Ephesians. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. The story of
0: how Paul came to the city of Ephesus is really interesting. You can go read about it in Acts chapter 19. Ephesus was a huge city. It was the epicenter of worship for most of the Greek and Roman gods. And for over two years, Paul had a really effective missionary presence there and lots of people became followers of Jesus. Years later, after being imprisoned by the Romans, Paul wrote this letter. The movement of thought in the letter divides into two really clear halves. In the first half, Paul is exploring the story of the Gospel how all history came to its climax in Jesus and in his creation of this multi-ethnic community of his followers. The second half of the letter is linked to the first by the word, therefore. And here Paul explores how the gospel story should affect how we live every part of our life story, personally, in our neighborhoods, and communities, and in our families. So let's dive in and we can see how Paul develops all of this. Chapter 1 opens with a beautiful Jewish-style poem where Paul praises God the Father for the amazing things that he has done in Christ Jesus. From eternity past, the Father has purpose to choose and bless a covenant people. And think here, the family of Abraham and Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And through Jesus now, anyone can be adopted into that family. Jesus' death covers our worst sins, our worst failures, and in Jesus we find God's grace. In fact, Paul says that grace has opened up a whole new way for us to understand every part of our lives. He says in chapter 1 verse 10 that God's purpose was to unify all things in heaven and on earth under Christ, which is a title that means Messiah. God's plan was always to have a huge family of restored human beings who are unified in Jesus the Messiah. This divine purpose became clear Paul says when we were first made into that family and here he's referring to ethnic Jews in the family of Abraham but then Paul talks about how you and here he means non-Jews you all heard about Jesus and the salvation through him and you were also brought into this family by the work of the Holy Spirit. And so here he's referring to the events told in the stories of Acts about how God's Spirit brought together Jew and non-Jew into one family in Jesus. It's just like God promised to Abraham long ago. Well, good morning.
2: How's everybody doing? Good. So glad you guys are here. Um, Glad you... Uh, came out in the midst of tornadoes and stuff. Uh, If you're visiting us online, thanks so much for joining us because you're not here because of the weather. But um, we're we're really excited because last week we kicked off this series going through the book of Ephesians. And so we actually decided as an elder team that we are going to walk through the book of Ephesians uh, for the next year together. And so we're going to just take our time, we're going to walk through it verse by verse and really enjoy everything that God had meant and placed on the heart of Paul to write to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we're really excited about what God is going to do in the life of our church as we journey through this book. And so that's just a great introduction, that video is a great introduction for where we were last week. So we looked at the first two verses of of the book of Ephesians and we see that it is Paul who's writing this. Paul is writing this from prison. Um, And now we get to uh, dive into verses 3 through 14. So we're going to actually spend the next seven weeks on verses 3 through 14 because Here's the deal. This is one amazing glorious sentence. He it's 202 words in the Greek. That, that Paul writes, I mean, he is the king of these run-on sentences. And so he just goes and goes and goes. And, and one of the things I want to address is that th- throughout the series, we're going to look at the Greek a lot. And, and I had a great question about a few months ago. Why do we look at the Greek? Why do we go back to the Greek? Well, that's what the original letters were written in. That's the language they were written in. At that time, Rome had taken over, um, and the Israelites were under their uh, persecution. And so they spoke Greek. And so when Paul, Peter, James, when they were writing these letters to the churches, they were writing them in Greek. And so it's really important for us as as good stewards of God's word is to know how to research and how to know what the original words in the text said so that we know what God originally intended for these verses. It's actually why we use the ESV version. It's one of the most um, articulate and word-for-word translations. Uh, NASB, ESV, and then KJV are the the translations that are word-for-word. And so we use the ESV because it's easier to understand, but it is a word-for-word translation. It's not a thought-for-thought or a paraphrase like some Some translations are. And so we're going to look at this um, throughout this series. And um, this is 202 amazing words that he is writing here. And we're going to dive into just verse 3 alone today. You excited about that? I'm pumped about that. So here we go. Let's look at verse 3 together. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So why does Paul start off this massive sentence with, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This word blessed here is eulogatos in Greek. It means to eulogize, to speak well of, to celebrate by praising. It's a common word that we use today for worship. Right, You're coming to a worship gathering. When we sing praises to the name of God, that is worship. Our lives are to be a living sacrifice, which is worship. So he's saying, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's glorifying him. He's praising him. You know uh, the Lord's Prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Praise be your name. Glory be to your name. So we're looking at how he started. Because this isn't just information that Paul's trying to give us. Uh, I think sometimes when we're reading this pastor scripture, it could be very informational, which is great. It's very theological, it's very informational, you can get a lot of good nuggets out of here. But even if you see this verse on there, you see how it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, he could have left that out. Instead of glorifying the name of God, instead of praising the name of God, he could have just started with, where it says who, he could have just put God. God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And then everything that follows, it could have just been an information download. This is who God is. God is this. Instead, he starts with worship because all of these things, all of this information, everything that God has to give us in this is to his praise, is to his worship. Why? Why? Well, because Paul knows something. He knows that God created us to worship. We are worshipers. We are created by God to be worshipers. And I don't need to convince you of this. I mean, you, you're a worshiper. I'm a worshiper. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen the videos, but you ever see a teenage girl uh, walk into the presence of Justin Bieber? Like, I mean, they oh, they're crying, right? They're passing out. They're they, just because this guy, random guy, just starts walking by them. And maybe for some of you, you're like, I don't know who Justin Bieber is. Uh, Justin Timberlake? Um, we could do JTT. Anybody, JTT fans? That's a little bit more my generation. Um, what about Tom Selleck? Um, I don't know. Did you get, uh, David Hasselhoff, right? So the people that, like growing up as teenagers, they put posters on their walls and they looked at them every day. Why? Because we are worshipers. Do you ever sneak food when nobody's looking? Uh huh. Right? You're on a diet, and you're doing really well, and then you look around when you walk in, and you see that big plate of cookies on the counter, and you're like, right? Doesn't, the calories don't count if no one sees me. Um, and, and so, because we're worshiping something, we're idolizing something, we're putting something ahead of, of something else. What about um, when you're uh, getting up early for something in the morning, and um, you're watching your favorite show on Netflix, and it's 10 o'clock, and you know you should go to bed? But then you just hit one more episode and then one more episode and then one more episode and then two, three hours later, (laughs) you're exhausted and you you wake up late and you miss your alarm the next morning because you were binge-watching Netflix. What about daydreaming about that pretty guy or girl that's at your office or at the gym, even though you're married? We're worshipers. We idolize things. Anything that consumes our affection, our time, our money are the things that we pay homage to, we praise, we glorify in our lives. Paul knows this because God created us to be worshipers, but he created us to worship something very specific. God did not create us to worship his creation, but rather he has created us to worship the creator, Romans 1, 15, 25. Um, Isaiah forty three twenty one in the Old Testament, God says, I made them mine so they may praise me. Isaiah 43, 7. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and I made. Why do we exist? We exist to glorify God. Our lives are meant to be lived to the glory of God, not a cookie on the counter. Not a woman on a page. Not not a a, uh, position at our work. We were created to glorify God and God alone. See, this brings up an important theological truth. We were created by God for his glory. Now, I think that for some people, they can hear that and think, well, that's kind of like prideful of God or chauvinistic or like how dare he create us to worship him. But, but think about it, like if we were created to worship anything other than him, then he's not God. If God existed to worship and praise anything other than himself, then God would cease to be God. He has to exist for his own glory in order to be God. He is the most powerful, all-powerful, all-knowing, and everywhere being. He is sovereign. So for you and I, if we worship ourselves, yes, that's prideful. That's arrogant because we are mere humans. And at any moment, our lives can be taken from us. But God is eternal. He has created all things, and he created all those things for his glory. And this is good. We want God to glorify himself. We should desire that. If you profess to be a Christian, you are saying that you believe that you exist for God's glory alone. Nothing else. You can't exist for any other purpose. And you know what what wages the biggest war against all of this? You. (laughs) Me. Because I want to sit on my throne. I want what I want. I want to determine why I exist. I, 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 me, me, me. I want to be my own God. I mean, isn't that why Adam and Eve grabbed that piece of fruit? What did the serpent say? If you eat this, you will what? Be like God. You were created by God for his glory. For some reason, God allows me to steal that control from him, steal that glory from him. But the outcome is always the same. Destruction and death. Every time I try to steal that glory away from God, it will always lead me to destruction and death. See, the Bible has a word for that. You know what it's called? Sin. Sin. Sin is anything I do to steal the glory from God and do what I want, when I want, when I become my God. See, sin separates us from God. He's the only reason why we exist. And I know that we could be sitting here going, yeah, 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 I've heard that before. You know, yeah, well, here's the question. If you've heard that before, and if you say you believe that, then why doesn't our lives look different? I mean, think about it. If you had 24-hour video surveillance on your life, now I'm not talking about like a camera crew following you where you know that you're being videoed and like, you know, you could act the part, right? put on the mask like we all do. I'm talking like Truman Show. Anybody know what that is? I'm talking about like hidden cameras everywhere and it's just following your life. If we had hidden cameras all over the place that were monitoring our every single mood, what percentage of your life would you say if you watched it back would be to glorify God? And what percentage would you say would be to glorify yourself? I know when I was preparing for this and I was looking at this, I was thinking, dang. (laughs) Because the percentage that I focus on what I want and what I think I need is very, very high. And the amount of time, attention, energy, effort that I spend glorifying God with my life is shockingly small. And that's sad because I've only exist for one reason. The only reason there is breath in my lungs it is for one reason. And that's his glory, his name. And so that's what Paul is getting at here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is giving him the glory that is due because there's no information that he's going to spurt out. I mean, we could, we could look at Paul and say, man, he is an, an awesome guy. Like he has done some amazing things. Yeah, he did. But it pales into comparison to the one who spoke life into being. The one who actually gave Paul the breath in his lungs and that called him and invited him into relationship with God himself. See, Paul is cool. God is awesome. And so, sin separates us from God. So the question is then, why should we and do we worship God? Why should we and do we worship God? But look at verse three again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. God blesses you. Every man, every woman, every child. God blesses us with really nice things. With nice cars and houses. Is that what we're reading here? God blesses us In Christ. With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. This is the gospel. This is the good news. That God has given us Jesus. Why do we bless and worship God? Because of Jesus. See, there is this evil movement in the world called the prosperity gospel. If you don't know what that is, that's a promise that people say that if if you put your trust in Jesus, then he will give you health, wealth, and happiness. That's what the pro- and it's, it's sneaky. It's not that clear. But it's, hey, if you believe that God wants you to be a millionaire, then you'll be a millionaire. If you believe that God loves you, then he will heal you of your sickness. Like That's the message that's being proclaimed all throughout our world. It's called the prosperity gospel. But how is that good news to people who don't even have access to clean drinking water? See, that's a rich man gospel. That's for some people who say, you know what, I have a lot of stuff, but I want more. Who's the focus on in the prosperity gospel? Me, that I want what I want. I want health, I want wealth, I want happiness. And so the prosperity gospel is all about me, and so what it does is it tickles our ears. Yeah, I want to believe in the God that wants to give me everything that I ever wanted, rather than the God who knows what I need and is going to give me exactly what I need when I need it. And if he thinks I need sickness or he thinks I need pain, then he's going to allow that to happen so that I can make his name great. I don't want sickness. I don't want pain. So we have to wrestle here because the prosperity gospel sounds a little bit more enticing. But what we just heard was that anything that is not in here, anything that does not bring glory to God, is sin. The prosperity gospel leads us into sin, destruction, and death. And so we're we're reading this, and we're saying, man, how could this be good news to all people if it's all about prosperity and not about his name and his glory? I want you to think about Luke 2.10. It's a Christmas story that we usually bring about around Christmas, and it's when the angels came to the shepherds to give them the announcement that Jesus was being born. Who are the shepherds? They were the poorest of the poor. They were the, they were the people that were kind of outcasts outside the city. And then when they came into the city to get their supplies and get things, people didn't even want to be around them because they smelled, they were dirty. And what does the angel say to them? Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. If you believe that God is going to give you everything you want, then this prosperity gospel is only good news to people that have access to the things that they want. But when you go to Haiti, we have one of our mission partners here from Haiti Bible Mission, Mark. When you go to Haiti and you go down to the point where it's people who are living in the the deepest, darkest holes of of the world where they don't even have access to clean drinking water and there's a little boy named Minister who is a few years old with oranging hair because he's so malnourished and you try to say to him hey here's the good news of the gospel if you believe in Jesus then he's going to give you a a better Roth IRA he's going to give you a, a nice fancy car so you can drive around how is that good news when he can't even know when his next meal is coming See, the good news of the gospel is not that God's going to give you everything you want. The good news of the gospel is Him. He's the good news. That He has given you Him. And in Him you can have life and life to the full. This good news is for all people. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. This world is not our home. We can try to fulfill every desire we ever wanted. All the health, all the wealth, all the happiness. We can try to get, I mean, that's where addictions come from. That's where drinking and drugs and pornography and sex, that's where, where it all comes in, right? It, it's, we're trying to fulfill something inside of us. But scripture is clear. The only thing that will fill us and give us life is him. Is a relationship with him. And so, we have to understand that these blessings are not always physical. And I say they're not always physical because sometimes the Lord does provide some amazing things. When when my wife and I were in the process of of planting this church, um, one of the ideas was that I was going to go get a job uh, as just a realtor, and then I was going to try to make money and then plant this church out of the harvest in our home, and that, like, we, there were many seasons where our bank account dropped almost all the way down to zero. And we're going, all right, Lord, like, I know you're our provider, but something's going to need to give here. Because, you know, things are getting really uncomfortable and really tight. And then all of a sudden I get a random phone call from somebody. Hey, I heard you're a realtor. You want to sell my house? That's not just coincidence. It's not because I put my face on a billboard and someone saw it and called it. It's because the Lord was orchestrating something for his glory. I get to do this. I get to be here because the Lord has blessed a real estate business that I don't have to spend a whole lot of time putting into so I could be here. Why? For his glory, not mine. It has nothing to do with me. And that's the thing is if we begin to reorient, change our perspective in our lives to realize that it's about him. So everything we do, everywhere we go, it's about making his name great. So these blessings are not always physical. That's why he says he has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. See, this is good news because every man, woman, and child can experience this, him. No matter how rich or poor, healthy or sick, joyful or depressed, lonely, broken, everyone has access to Jesus because he has come to give them life and life to the full. See, Jesus came to save sinners and you know who's included in that? You. Me. The person on your block that really gets under your skin. The guy at work that really, you've, you know, does all these shady things and everybody knows about him but no one's saying anything about it. Yeah. Him too. Her too. You know the family member that's constantly causing trouble, yeah, Jesus came for them too. You know what our role is in that? Is to point them to Jesus. Because he's the only hope that they have because he's the only hope that we have. See, God has blessed us with Jesus. This has impacted our eternity. That's why he's talking about the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. This is an eternal blessing. This isn't always just a here and now blessing. And I think that sometimes we place our faith in things because it's for the here and now. But that's not what we see in Scripture. It's for all of eternity. This world is not our home. We're not promised tomorrow. I know we got actually a lot of kids in the room today. Kids, you live your lives as though you're invisible. Right? You jump on your bikes, you ride around, you jump off trees. And that's fun and that's good. But you're not promised tomorrow. The only hope that you will ever have in your whole life is not video games, it's not your iPads, the only hope you will ever have is Jesus because he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want you to just be a better kid. Adults, I'm talking to you too. He doesn't want you to just be better at what you're doing. He wants you to fall in love with him because he loves you. And as you fall in love with him, guess what? You begin to look more and more like him because we tend to look like the things that we love. God's blessed us with Jesus. So how does this change your every, everyday life? Well, life is not always going to be a happily ever after fairy tale. You know, when I'm telling my girls stories at night. You know, I'm like, hey, you know, at the end of the story, you know, they always win. They always, you know, whatever it may be, right? It's happily ever after. That's what we want in our fairy tales. But life is not always like that. You will experience hurt, pain, and suffering in this life. Try to write that in your next birthday card that you're writing to somebody, right? (laughs) Happy birthday. You will experience pain, hurt, suffering. Love you. Jesus loves you it's true and we know it like I mean one of of the reasons is tornadoes happening but the other reason that some people aren't here is because people are sick right guess what sickness is not going anywhere we can try to to try to stop it we can try everything in the world and in our wisdom as humans to try to stop sickness from going around it's not going to stop why because of sin until Christ returns and makes all things new we are living in the here and now, and we're going to be living in pain, hurt, sickness, brokenness. But you and I have the ability to, to place our faith and our trust in Jesus alone as the one who begins to transform us from the inside out, because you are never alone. God knows what you're going through. Uh, my family, my wife and I, this past week, we got some pretty heavy news um, my wife, growing up, when she was uh, in her teens, had something called bilateral Um And what that is, is it's tumors in her inner ears. And what those tumors did is they are slow growing tumor that would eat away at her ear bones and stuff that's going on inside of her head, really. Um, and so they found it when she was about 14, 15. She had a bunch of surgeries and the hope was that it was finished, like they took it all out and then it was done. And she's been having some inner ear problems and infections and stuff, so she went back to the doctor um, that actually did her surgery and and they told us that one of the tumors in one of her ears has grown back. And she made this comment the other day like, man, as a teenager, you don't really understand everything that's going on and so you kind of go into this and she was mostly upset because they had to shave her head as a teenage girl um about the surgery that was the thing she was most kind of upset about but now she's like i'm a mom i've got kids like it all of a sudden the the weight of this has just become magnified but what does james one two through four say Consider it pure joy blessings Brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, why? Because it begins to produce in you perseverance, faith, and hope, and trust in him. Yes, we are praying for healing. Yes, we are praying that the Lord does something miraculous in this. But ultimately, what should we be praying for? That God would make his name great. No matter what the outcome. And so, no matter what you're facing right now, broken relationships, hurts, pains, addictions, or maybe it's just that you feel very blah. Maybe it's just you feel plateaued. Maybe you just feel like, I'm stagnant. The, the response here, is to even if you're a believer, place your faith and your hope and trust in the one who will give you life. And he said he gives us the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts and into our minds to transform us so that we can go therefore and make disciples of his name. And when we go therefore and make disciples, we're not making disciples of, hey, God is going to give you everything you ever want. No, we're saying that God has already given you everything you will ever need in Jesus. That's the good news of the gospel. And so when we go, it's like, man, I don't know what to say. Man, tell them that Jesus loves them and wants a relationship with them. If they want to press in more to that, then open up the Bible and just start reading it with them. If you're like, I don't know where to start, go to the Psalms. Go to the book of John. Those are great places to start. Just read it with them. You don't have to know everything about this to go and share your faith with people. God has invited us to bless him. How do we bless and worship him? By sharing his good news with everybody that we know. I want to end like this. Paul later in Ephesians addresses trials and suffering that people are facing. And there's a version, it is a, a paraphrased version of the Bible called, called the NLT. Um, I don't normally use that as like when we're going through scriptures because I don't think you should use that as your primary Bible. Um, but I do think it's a good commentary. And I think the way the NLT articulates these verses, is just really beautiful. And so as the band comes on up, I just want to read this over us as a prayer um, as we go back into praising his name through song. Ephesians 4, or sorry, excuse me, Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. This is what I feel like the Lord laid on my heart for my wife Um, this past week when we got this news. This is what the Lord has laid on my heart for my, my own walk with him. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Oh man, I know that there are people here today that need that. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. May you have the power to understand, uh, as all God's people should, how wide and long and high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that your name would be blessed in our lives. God, I pray that we would understand how beautiful your good news, your gospel is. That you have come to save sinners like us. That we have not arrived, that we are not there, but that you are continually transforming us so that we may know you more. And right now, God, for those that are here and those that are just joining us online, God, I pray that you would do a work and stir a work in our hearts and in our minds so that we may know that we exist for your glory. And so every decision that we make, Lord, whether it's buying a a new shirt or uh, buying a house or buying a car or moving to a different area or joining a new church or whatever it may be, God, that we would trust you, that we would place our faith and our hope and our trust in you and that we would seek you, that we wouldn't just make decisions uh, out of nowhere, God, but that we would open up your word and that we would rest knowing that you love us and you have formed us and you have set our lives on a path to grow in relationship with you. So God, as we are growing and as we are transforming, God, I pray that you would draw us in closer and closer to you, that we may know you more, that we may enjoy you more. We may bless your name. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for this letter that Paul wrote to the church, to us, so we can hear your heart and know your heart. Trust you more. God, if there's anybody here today that has not fully placed their faith, hope, love, and trust in you, I pray right now that through the power of your Holy Spirit, that they would sit and that you would remind them, that you would tell them in a clear way how much they are loved by you, and that you would bring them right now from death to life. Father, we love you. It's in your name that we pray.